Hello, 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 and welcome back to the SLP Corner podcast. Maggie from Lactation and Language is back for an SLP Corner snack episode. How are you doing? (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So we want to talk about picky eating today. If you want to know more about Maggie, go to the show notes, click the podcast that we recorded before this, and you can get to know Maggie more, but she is a speech and feeding therapist based out of Phoenix, Arizona. And today we're going to be talking about picky eating. So where do we even begin? Like there's the classic picky eaters versus problem feeders. There's like, when does it become a problem? What do we do? Who do we reach out to? Where do we begin? You know, I think some of the biggest red flags is if you have a kiddo that keeps decreasing the amount of foods that they're willing to accept. So that repertoire just keeps like diminishing and getting smaller. Or if they're specific about certain brands of food, like, oh, I like chicken nuggets, but only McDonald's chicken nuggets, or like only the dino nuggets or something like that. Or if they like just completely don't even eat a food group, like they don't eat any vegetables or they don't eat any protein, something like that. How does this even And maybe we don't even know, but like, how does this develop or what are some potential things that could cause this? And I know like some kids just have sensory sensitivities, but are there other things that we can do to help avoid this from occurring? Okay. Yes. So, um, from our previous podcast, baby led weaning actually does have some research about being less picky in the future. So that is a pro to baby led weaning. And that's just because it's exposing to lots of different flavors, lots of different textures. Um, there also is research behind moms who eat a variety of foods in pregnancy because babies getting those foods in different flavors through the amniotic fluid and through the umbilical cord. So they're getting more flavors that way too. And if you're a breastfeeding mommy, try and, var- and vary up what you eat as well, because it does change the flavor of your milk. So by eating a variety of foods as mom, that can affect baby's taste buds as well. That's so interesting. I actually had no idea that that was wow. So when you're pregnant and when you're breastfeeding and it, and it actually yeah. changes the flavor of the milk, you know, what? it even changes the color of breast milk. I never knew that. Yeah. It's like, it's nuts. I mean, it can, it's still pride month, right? I mean, (laughs) you can, you can produce rainbow milk, like all different colors. Wait, that is so interesting to me. Okay. Okay. So those are two things to be cognizant about. So it's something you can start doing right from the, right from the get-go. Yes. All right. Are there other things you'd recommend certain things with eating as a family at the table, Mm -hmm. anything like that with the social side of eating that you'd recommend for picky eating? Absolutely. It's, it's so important. I stress to my families all the time, please do your best. I know life is busy, but do your best to sit down and eat as a family at least once a day. And it's hard maybe to get everyone to sit down, but at least sit down with that kiddo who is having a hard time eating because it's stressful for them to eat alone. And they do need that modeling. Um, especially if there's a parent who's a picky eater, like it's important for you to model as a picky eater yourself of trying new foods. The modeling is so key. We can't just be thinking about the baby. It's like the whole social structure of the home with food too. If a parent is noticing like 
this is really becoming a challenge for our household. What are next steps? So we want mealtime bottom line to be positive. Another analogy for you, (laughs) here it comes, (laughs) is let's say you go to a foreign country and you did not see how they prepared the meal. You have no idea what's in it and you don't speak the language as to like what's in it. And they just put this meal in front of you and you're just like, oh my God, what do I do? What's in it? What does it taste like? It doesn't visually look appetizing to me. I have no idea. So if you were to serve your toddler a food that they've never seen before or foods that they've never tried before, the chances of them wanting to eat it or try it, if they're a picky eater, they're not going to do it. There are safe foods and try it foods. So safe foods are foods that they are already comfortable with eating that most of the time when you serve it to them, they will eat it. And then there are try it foods. I don't like to say they're my don't like foods or you don't like that food or you hate that food. You've tried it before. You don't like it. Try to stay away from that. They are try it foods. So they might be foods you've served before that they didn't really like, but we're going to try it again. Maybe we served it in a different way. Maybe we seasoned it in a different way. We baked it in a different way, whatever. But go back to that foreign country. If they were to serve you that plate, but they served it to you with a side of French fries. You might look at that meal and be like, oh, well, at least I have the French fries. And with that, you might take a French fry, might dip it in a sauce that you might not know, or like, well, I can fill up on French fries, but like, maybe I'll try a little bit, you know? So kids are more likely to try a new food if they already have a food that they feel comfortable and safe with. I've heard so many times, and even like I have numerous nieces and nephews and not to out anyone, but like, I'll hear a parent be like, they don't like that. They don't eat that. And it's kind of like, I remember a social worker once said, she was like, never label a kid as shy. Don't make that part of their personality because it's going to make their anxieties worse. And they're going to start thinking, I am just a person who is this way and I can't change it. So we should instead say, oh, they're not ready yet. Or, oh, they're, they're warming up. Trying it is very different than they don't like that. That's just like, okay. End of story. I really like those two ways to label the feelings they have surrounding those foods. At what point do parents and families seek a speech pathologist, someone to help outside the home? I would say if mealtimes are stressful for the family, if kids are decreasing those foods or missing a whole category of food, um, if they're not gaining weight, um, those are all all reasons to 100% seek a feeding therapist. Is there anything else that you get asked a lot about picky eating that someone might be like, Shannon, how did you not ask this? (laughs) We need this answer. (laughs) If if a kid tries a food and they don't like it right away, it can take up to 20 times to like a food. Mm -hmm. So think of, you know, you might, I didn't like onions when I was little. Now I'm like, put onions on everything. I love it. Same thing with coffee. I'm sure like the first time you had coffee, you were like, oh, this is like bitter. It's not sweet. What the heck? But you also find like what you like in your coffee. Maybe you do a little bit of cream and a sugar or like you do flavored cream or you drink it black. But like oftentimes we just have to figure out how to present a food in order for a kid to like it. So if they don't like it the first way, maybe like maybe you boiled broccoli. Not a lot of people boil broccoli and like it. So like 
roasting it with different seasonings or putting it in a stir fry or, you know, just presenting food in different ways is super important in order for kids to figure out what they like. I remember one guest presentation on this topic (laughs) in grad school. They said it takes what is it like 20 times? It takes so it's something along that line. It's about, I mean, it's like crazy. It's crazy. It's so, it's kind of like how kids need to hear a word so many times before they say it. Same goes for food. So don't just discount it. If they seem unsure, like I didn't like chocolate when I was little, what, which is, that's weird. (laughs) That's like really concerning. (laughs) And I've had kids through my door, like um, that will come in with chocolate chip cookies as their try it food, because mom's like, he'll go to birthday parties and he won't eat cake or ice cream or anything. Like I want him to participate. And I'm like, I'll eat that chocolate chip cookie. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, wait, so can we eat it together? (laughs) Can you share this food? Yeah. Um, my mom said that on my, uh, third birthday or something. She had like made this really nice homemade chocolate cake and I burst into tears and I was like, I don't like chocolate. And I just cried. And she was like, are you kidding me? Like what kid doesn't like chocolate? (laughs) So it just goes to show if I, if you don't like chocolate, imagine other things that maybe the flavor profile is a little bit different. And like, another thing is just having, especially the older kids, like you think seven, eight, nine, if they're still having issues, like involve them in grocery shopping, involve them in cooking, because a lot of times if they see an ingredient that they know that they like, And it's going into like a casserole that you might not necessarily see it when you look at it. They might think, oh, well, I like cheese. And I know I saw, I poured the cheese in. So if they see what's in it, they also, they can taste test along the way and they already know what's in it. So when it's presented in front of them, they can be like, oh, I helped cook that. That's not scary that was in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Involve them as much as possible. It sounds like, like really get them part of the whole process, make it more of like a social positive experience. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I feel like eating a lot of the times can be such a negative thing for kids who are picky eaters. And then it just makes everything harder for them um, and for the families. Mm -hmm. So anything else on this topic that you think people are going to be wanting an answer to that's extremely popular? Cause you probably get more questions about this than me. Serving sizes. Mm. So, you know, we think about what we eat and then you might think, oh, well, a toddler might eat like half of what I'm eating. Right. But if it's a try it food, I always stress, like put one bite of it on their plate or on their tray or whatever you're serving it on. Again, we don't want it to be intimidating because oftentimes toddlers or little kids will look at their plate and think that they have to be a member of the clean plate club and they have to eat everything on it. And if we do that and we serve like a heaping pile of broccoli and they don't like broccoli, we'll serve just like one little floret of it on their plate and it's going to be way less intimidating to them. Have you ever been served and someone just gives you the biggest plate of food ever and you're almost like feel sick? You're like that. You're like not even that hungry. And it's just like, ew, I cannot eat that. I don't even, I don't want to eat any of it now. So I feel like the same the United goes- States restaurant service. Oh, lit- literally as a Canadian, I went to Florida and I was like, what is this? The yeah. serving sizes are so big that I'm like, I almost feel like 
sick. Like I don't want to even eat it because it's just too big. I can't even fathom eating it all, you know? And when someone gives me something a little bit more manageable or my mom always gets upset when someone pours her glass of wine and they fill it to the brim, she's like, this is so overwhelming. I can't even go there. So I wouldn't get upset with that though. (laughs) I know. Same. I'm like, mom, red flag. (laughs) No one just related to that example of my mom. Okay. Yeah. That's such a good takeaway too. If anyone has other questions, let us know. And maybe we could dive into another topic because this has just been so much fun. I feel like you just have so much knowledge you're sharing with everyone. Thank you so much. Of course. (laughs) Okay. So, um, they can find you at your Instagram lactation dot and dot language. Check out Maggie's Instagram. I'm going to link it in the show notes and your website, www.lactationandlanguage.com. You got it. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. All right. See everybody next Monday. 